Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in on this sunshiny and gorgeous January the 24th. Beautiful day it is out there. We're going to get to 57 today, and if we all rub our hands together really hard, maybe we can make 60 even. Uh, Again, thanks for tuning in. Got some special guests we're going to get to in just a moment. Uh, Coming up this week, got got a lot of cool things scheduled for you. Uh, And then, uh, weird kind of deal next week. Wait, first two items, but number one item of business. I actually had someone come up to me and say, hey, are you guys off the air? I'm only getting country music on 94.9. No, we've switched our FM frequency from 94.9 to 92.5. So if you're tuning uh, uh, maybe on the F or on the AM or you're listening online or on your Kindle, your Alexa, wherever, if you get in your car and want the FM, it's 92.5. I was out in a hurricane on Friday night for the ball game. Strong signal. Sounded great. 92.5 FM. So... Uh, if you're looking for us again, that's where we're going to be on the FM, 92.5 FM now. Uh, and then uh, the other item of business next week, it's going to be a weird, weird couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, too. They're actually coming into my studio, and uh, this mixing board I have in front of me is it's like 30 years old, maybe 40. And they're actually going to be ripping it out and put it, putting in a brand new one. Costs, I don't know, it costs like 10000 bucks or something, more than more more than you would believe. Uh, anyway, they're going to come in and tear that out. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a lot of the show from another studio and then the, some of it pre-recorded. It's going to be, like I said, kind of a weird couple of days uh, next week. We will be on the air. Don't don't uh, don't you worry about that. We'll be on the air, but it's going to be, like I said, a little bit uh, strange and, and different. Uh, all right, let's talk about our guests uh, in studio today. Now, uh, because of COVID rules, we have uh, Laura and Tiffany in the other studio, the Dave studio. But I think you guys can hear me, right? All right, good. Now, you got to talk. It's radio. I can't just... We there we go. There we go. <laughs> they both gave me a thumbs up. I'm like, well, if it was TV, that would be really good. But, uh, okay, Tiffany Hansen is the Director of Women and Newborn Services at Intermountain St. George Regional Hospital. And Laura Tridel is the Care Manager of Simply Birth and Women and Newborn Education. That's, those are some pretty long titles. But uh, you guys make sure that the babies are okay. That's the bottom line, right? Yep, that's right. Awesome. Okay. Uh, let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. And by the way, uh, before we get started, uh, I know Terry Draper is in there with you. Terry's birthday is today. So if you know Terry uh, out there, when you see her today, make sure and congratulate her. Congratulate her. Maybe blow up her phone with some t- uh, texts or something. And uh, Terry, I don't know if you're by a microphone, but happy uh, happy birthday to you. I'm glad you're here, and I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, when you get to be up there over uh, 29 like you are, then then uh, you kind of have to give up your birthday and work anyway, right? Yes. Terry, happy birthday, Terry. So thank you for being here with us today on your birthday, yeah. celebrating with us on air. <laughs> she says you're welcome. All right. Thank you, Terry. Terry, of course, is a, one of the public relations communications directors with the hospital and with IHC. So again, thanks and happy birthday, Terry. All right. Let's start with Tiffany a little bit. Tiffany, tell us about yourself and uh, what you do over at the hospital, a little bit about what uh, what your life is about, Tiffany. 
Thank you. So, as you said, I'm Tiffany Hansen, and I'm the Director of Obstetric and Neonatal Operations over at St. George Regional Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it is quite a long title, but really my job is to support our healthcare team in making sure that our moms and our babies have an amazing experience with us while they're at the hospital. That now, really is the basis of my job. Now, healthcare, especially for newborns, has come a long way, and there's a reason for that. I, I read a statistic. It was like 100 years ago. Like four out of ten babies died within the first month. Yeah, uh, that needed to change. Obviously, uh, what are we at now? And, and I mean, it's obviously significantly higher than that. And and, and why? Yeah. Well, that is a good question. And, you know, when you think about even just the evolution of healthcare, right, even over the last five to 10 years, there's been so much that has changed and improved, especially for our babies. Like you said, what, four out of 10 didn't survive or only survived, right, 100 years ago? Nowadays, we are saving quite a bit of babies and our moms. They have minimal complication rates, um, those who are pregnant and giving birth. At St. George, we deliver about 2,400 babies a year. Wow. Um, it, is, it is a lot, especially when you think about this community and how this community is growing. We have um, within our facility, so I'll just give you a little bit of background about the services that we provide at St. George Regional. We are considered level three maternity services and level three neonatal care. So we care for moms who are pregnant who have high-risk complications, and we care for babies who are quite sick, who are quite premature. Um, our babies, we, in, in the NICU, let me take a step back, in the NICU, we deliver babies, and we care for babies about down to 24 weeks gestation. So if you think wow. about that, that is a real tiny baby who's about the size of a cantaloupe, right? You know, their eyes are still kind of fused shut. They need assistance with breathing, and all kinds of support. So we care for those babies in our NICU. We have about 360 admissions into our NICU annually, so that's a lot of babies who are needing that that special neonatal intensive care that our team provides. Now, and, and before we leave NICU, I want to mention 17 months ago, I had a couple of grandchildren born, and uh, their mom had COVID. And so they were they actually were, were C-sectioned out at 29 weeks and went straight to your NICU, where you guys cared for them. And they, I'm happy to report they're healthy and happy 17-month-old. Now, I guess it would have been, if it was 29 weeks, it would have been 18 and a half or 19 months ago. But, uh, yeah, you guys did a fantastic job. Yeah, and it's quite scary, right, if you think about, you know, babies are supposed to go to 40-week gestation, right? Right, right. And having a baby's born at 29 weeks really is kind of scary. It really was. Because you don't know what to expect, right? And you know as a family, right, that you want to be there with those babies in the NICU, right, helping to see that they get the best care possible. We in our NICU really encourage our parents to be with the babies because we really want that parental involvement. We want the moms and dads to be there to watch those babies grow. We want them to see those milestones as they work on improving and getting better. Well, you know, the, one of the crazy things because of COVID, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit, some of the challenges with, with COVID-19, uh, the first week of these babies' lives, their moms and mom and dad couldn't be with them. Uh, and so I was, I was for, not me, but my wife was fortunate in that her and the other, the maternal grandma got to go in and be with those babies for that first week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was quite a challenge and, and I know frustration for, for mom and dad, my, my son and my daughter-in-law, but eventually, you know, they were able to be uh, reunited with their children. But, uh, I guess you've had to deal with all kinds of COVID challenges, haven't you? 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's just say COVID has been quite interesting in healthcare, especially for um, our maternal and newborn services. Um, we really are focused on family centered care. We really do want, we want the birth experience to be joyous for the mom. We want it to be her experience. Um, we want to support her needs and her wishes. And fortunately, this COVID pandemic. And what we're learning over the last couple of years has really made us take kind of a step back to evaluate our practices and our policies when it comes to keeping our patients safe Mm -hmm. and keeping our care providers safe. So we have had to kind of, you know, pivot. And I hate to say that word anymore because that's pretty popular. (laughs) That seems to be yeah. all we're doing anymore is we're kind of evolving based off of the information that we're receiving. So it really has changed. It really has impacted our patients experience because many of them want the entire family to be around like you were sharing but unfortunately we've had to make some changes Um, we've had to do some um, limiting with our visitors and such just so that we can keep our patients safe and our team safe all right let's uh, let's leave covid for a minute and just talk about uh, having a baby Uh, what Say, okay, we're, I, I, I'm, I'm a young person, 21 years old. My wife is pregnant. She's 20 years old. We know nothing about parenthood. We know nothing about having a baby, but we're getting close to that time when the baby's going to deliver. What are some of the things, Tiffany, that we need to know uh, as, as we get ready to become parents? Actually, I'm going to turn this question over to Laura. Right, this Laura. is her area of expertise, so <laughs> I'll let her take this one. All right, Laura, can, can you give us some details on, on what these young people need to know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of our biggest recommendations is take a childbirth class. Mm. One of the best things you can do is get in there with your partner, come to our classes. We will help you figure out what is important to you, teach you along the way, teach how to ask great questions, Mm -hmm. plan an experience that works for you. And I feel like when people have information, it increases their confidence, decreases their fear, and helps them come into the situation feeling better about the whole thing. Okay, so be prepared. That's, be prepared. Uh, that's lesson number one. Go in uh, so you're not completely in the dark. Uh, okay, so I'm prepared. I feel like I've got a handle on everything. I get there and labor hits. And all that stuff you learned and thought about and everything goes out the window for a few minutes. Then what? Then we get back to that preparation. We've practiced, practiced, practiced. So, oh, but it hurts. I can't think about that stuff it, right now. We're going to breathe. <laughs> we are going to breathe. And, you know, we come back to basics with labor and birth because it is basic. So we're going to come back to that and we're going to do our breathing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when, when partners come together and support people are there with mom, they help her stay on track. And that's why um, we, we really talked, Tiffany talked about our family-centered care. That's why it's so important for dads to participate and parents and um, grandparents to be involved in that. A lot of early labor happens at home. Yeah. So we can have that more of that family at home. And then the dad can come or partner can come to the hospital with mom and, and keep that moving forward. I remember when, you know, four of my five children, by the way, were born here at, at uh, Intermountain at, at Dixie Regional is what it was back then. Um, uh, the the there was a movement of people who wanted to have what they called natural childbirth, which meant no epidural, no no drugs whatsoever. Uh, is that still happening? And and by the way, my wife was like, "Why in the world would anybody subject themselves to that kind of pain if they didn't have to?" Yeah, absolutely. So there um, there's a broad range of what people are looking for in their mm-hmm. birth experience, and that's what we're here to do. Is help support you in whatever that looks like. So whether someone wants an epidural and wants to have an induction, we, we can support that. 
all the way to, yeah, I'd like to go unmedicated and go into labor on my own. And that's what our Simply Birth program really emphasizes. So it, yeah, absolutely. And it just depends on, on what families are looking for. And we're here to support them through that. Okay, very good. Hey, can I take the opportunity to brag on my team real quickly since you asked the question? Absolutely. Perfect. I love it. Thank you. Um, so at St. George Regional, formerly Dixie Regional, um, you know, we really do focus on the entire spectrum, right, of pregnancy um, and pregnancy-related complications. So we really focus on providing options for everyone, depending on what their birth experience, what they desire their birth experience to be. So as you alluded to earlier, our Simply Birth program really does focus and support those patients who want a unmedicated, low-risk, kind of minimal intervention birth within the safety net of the hospital. So it is Mm -hmm. minimal intervention. It is low risk. It is supporting um, the patient's desire to have just physical labor support without the medications and without kind of all of the medical kind of technologies and interventions. So we go from the Simply Birth program, which is truly low risk, um, minimal intervention, to our high risk, um, high risk antepartum unit, our um, team of... maternal fetal medicine specialists and obstetricians who can focus on that high-risk care. So at St. George, we offer the full spectrum of care for this community for our pregnant patients. When uh, when my second son was born, his name is Dallas, uh, when he was born, the doctor actually invited me over to the business end, if you will, to help deliver the child. I was pretty excited. and it was, you know, I, I, I'm not a squeamish person, so I wasn't worried about that part of it. I was pretty excited. Uh, but uh, when he started to, well, when he emerged from the birth canal, he had the, the cord wrapped around his neck three times and he was purple. Uh, the doctor got that look. You know that look? A very serious look on his face. He practically, I felt like I was in a basketball game. He elbowed me out of the way and and took care of business from that point. And everything turned out okay, fortunately. But uh, there are definitely complications that happen, things that happen. What are uh, some of the things that we can do to help mitigate those problems, if if anything? And then uh, And then when those problems happen, what are the best things for mom and dad to do? That's a good question. Um, Complications or problems just like you alluded to or what your experience was, um, you really don't know those until you get into the situation, until you get into the delivery. Mm -hmm. So my thoughts and my suggestions would be just to trust your healthcare provider. It sounds like you trusted your provider and your physician and Mm -hmm. he allowed you to be a part of that birth experience until it got to the point when he was like, no, I need my experience, my expertise, my experts to come in and take care of your wife and your baby. Baby, right. So yeah. I would just make sure that you find a healthcare provider that you know and that you trust and know that they're going to do what's best for your wife and your baby, mm-hmm. um, that they really do focus on meeting your wishes and your needs as long as we make sure we have a healthy mom and a healthy baby. So that's one thing that I would suggest and recommend that you do okay. um, is find a provider that you trust. Um, Make sure that, like Laura said, you focus on childbirth education to help prepare you for what to expect while you're in the delivery room and while you're in labor and to help prepare you to be successful when you take the baby home. Do you guys um, recommend an OBGYN or a family practitioner good enough or what do you think when it comes to this territory? I would suggest my recommendation is it's all about the relationship that your wife um, or your partner has with 
um, her provider. She needs to find, she needs to know what her desire is for her birth and her outcome and then find a provider who has the same kind of philosophy and values that she does. Hmm. So we do have a full spectrum of midwifery care, our obstetricians, gynecologists, and of course, our maternal fetal medicine specialists if they have a high-risk complication. So it all depends on who your wife or the partner who they want and how they envision their labor and their delivery to um, progress. Okay, good answer. Um, this is an area, I, I first of all, I believe that the, the children should be born in the hospital, but there there is definitely an industry out there, midwives, uh, uh, people that want to have their babies at home. Uh, do you guys kind of counsel against that? Or, I, I mean, I don't want you to get in trouble or anything like that, but is that something you guys would rather, you know, you probably ought to be there in case something does go wrong. Well, I can tell you, I'm a healthcare provider and I'm a nurse by background for uh-huh. a specific reason. Um, but where I find what my personal thought is, I want to meet the patient's need where she's at. I want to make sure that I support her and her desire. Um, and if it is in the home birth-like setting, um, she just needs to make sure she finds a provider that she trusts and is going to keep her safe. I think that's really what we need to focus on. All right, Laura, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I'd like to say that if um, in that situation, we are here still. So if, if someone calls me and says, hey, I'm, I'm trying to decide between a home birth and a hospital birth, we're here to help counsel and guide and an- answer questions and support. If someone is in a home birth situation, they do need to come to the hospital. We're here to take care of them wherever they are. So our doors are open in that situation as well. I don't know if you guys heard about it last night uh, uh, up near Logan. They ended up having a, I can't imagine how cold that was, but they ended up having a baby in the car on the way to the hospital. Uh, not the ideal situation, but what I've always been curious, what's the process when that happens and then they bring the mom to the hospital? How do you, what do you guys do at that point? Um, I think, and I think you mentioned this as well, you know, having a baby in the car, I always feel is one of dad's um, biggest fears. What am I going to do? And the best thing to do is to stop driving. I would say (laughs) just stop the car. Honey, you go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. Right. Let's not videotape. (laughs) Let's stop the vehicle. Let's call 911. Uh, And really the most, oftentimes if a baby's coming that fast, they're full term. Generally, they're going to be okay. We just need to get mm. the baby out get the baby dry. So get the baby skin to skin with mom and, and help will be there very soon. Mm, little warmth for the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely helps a lot. Uh, I, I, I've only heard audio on this thing that happened last night, but it sounds like the dad was actually postgraduate medical student. So he was at least somewhat informed on some of the things that, that he needed to do. It's funny. He asked his wife, uh, should I call 911? And she says, no, you need to pull over right now. So he, she had to tell him because he wanted to keep driving and just call 911. But uh, anyway, uh, it sounds like everything worked out good in, in that situation. All right, let's go back to COVID a little bit now. And uh, Tiffany, if you want to talk about your team a little bit and how they've had to pivot, as you said, or how they've had to adjust some of the things that they do. I know you You've probably had to deal with a few angry grandparents who come in and say, that's my daughter and she's having the baby and you better let me in. But they're not allowed to go in, right? No, no. Unfortunately, they're not. Our moms are currently allowed one visitor or one support person. I I don't want to say visitor because they really are a part um, of the birth process. So they're allowed one designated support person to be with them for the entire stay. Um, Sometimes... 
most often it's not the grandparents. So <laughs> yes, we have had to deal with just a few upset grandparents or sisters. And honestly, I can just say my heart goes out to them because I really do、um, sympathize with them because we really would like to be able to have that family in there with them at this time.、Sure. Um, if that's what the mother wishes, then we really would like to support that. But with this COVID pandemic, which is seems to be lots. That really guides what we're doing now in healthcare. We are limiting visitors、um, just to、um, protect our caregivers and to keep them safe.、Um, some of the other changes that we've had to make, right, is our caregivers and our teams really do support our pregnant ladies when they're in labor and when they are in the hospital. They are by them, they're with them, they're helping them through the labor process, they're supporting them. Um, with breathing and repositioning to help moms stay comfortable during labor, so our caregivers have always been hands-on at the bedside. They're just now doing it with masks、mm. and face shields and goggles to kind of protect them.、Um, we've gone to utilize technology quite a bit more. FaceTime and you know video. Video chat seems to be the way to go anymore. We get the iPad out so that the family members can be connected.、Um, we really try to use that technology to make sure that everyone can be in, involved as much as the mother wants them to be.、Right. So, as as much as the mother wants the family members involved, we really do try to support that and encourage that just via technology. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's sad. Obviously, they can't come in. I, I will tell you this: during the birth of one of my children.、Uh, Uh, my mother's parents showed up at the door of the of the room. She was in labor at the time,、uh, you know, dilated pretty far too. I was getting close, and she turned to me and she said, "Get them out of here." And so I had one job at that moment, and that was to get rid of her parents, who、uh, I don't know what they did, but they. I told them, I said, "You don't have to go home, but you got to get the heck up on out of here right now." So, <laughs> anyway, we, we were able to, to get that done.、Um, what do you do with angry family? I mean, how do you deal with that? Because I'm sure there are. I mean, I know some helicopter moms who are like, "I will be here. You will let me in," and they won't take no for an answer, and you still have to tell them no. You know that that's been quite a bit of what my job has been recently, and、yeah. it really is just talking to the grandparents because I understand, I really understand where they're coming from, and we really do wish that they could be a part of that. So I just take time to talk to them, just to listen. Right? They just want people to listen and to validate their thoughts and their concerns,、hmm. and. We just make sure that they understand that. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I would like you to be there too. However, with the current <laughs> limitations, we can't allow you to be physically in the room. But here's what we can do、um, to help make sure that you're a part of it. So, those grandparents that you're talking about, yes. We do have quite a few conversations with them, but we just we just listen and validate their concerns. Sounds like you have to become more like a hostage negotiator or something than, than just the director of the services there. I haven't thought of that before, but maybe <laughs> a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit.、Uh, any other factors with with COVID that you've had to deal with that maybe we don't think about on a regular basis? Um. You know, I, I don't think so because I think that there is、um, a lot of information that I know that、um, Intermountain Healthcare and Saint George Regional Medical Center really tries to push out to the community. So there's a lot of information. There's a lot of evidence-based information. There's a lot of data behind the science, and there's a lot of discussions that we try to provide to the community. So I think that there's nothing more than that what we haven't. Already shared,、um, 
before. Nothing different okay. that we do within maternal and newborn services. It's 9.32. i got to get a weather break in, and we'll uh, talk a little bit more with Laura, too, when we come back about the Simply Birth program and what that means to you. Uh, if you guys will, are you guys hanging out for a little bit longer? Are you okay with that? All right, good. Compelling guests, hot topics, the latest news, always on The Andy Griffin Show. Is there a juicy part in it for me? Right here on News Radio 890, 92.5, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome back. I'm Andy live from the Camping World of St. George studio along with, I've got a couple of guests today, Tiffany Hansen and Laura Tridel. Did I say it right, Laura? Good. Good. All right. I'm always worried I'm going to say names wrong, but uh, we got it. Laura's with the Simply Birth program at the hospital. We're going to talk about that uh, in just a moment, uh, but uh, I wanted to ask uh, Tiffany, too. Uh, Tiffany, first of all, thanks for coming in today. Neither one of you really told me much about you. You both have kids? Are you? What's, what's your situation? You, you can shout out to your kids if you want. I, of course, will take the opportunity to shout out to my son. He is a teenager. He is 17. His name's Cade Hansen, and he's a senior at Dixie High School. So, of awesome. course, I'd love to give him a shout out. All right. Way to go, Cade. Now, is he uh, is he uh, a brain-dead teenager yet? Because it's somewhere between 17 and 18, they lose their mind. I know I've had five of them, and it happened to every one of them for a little while. Uh, yes. Yes, he, okay. <laughs> he really, he's like, I have senioritis, and getting him to go to school is mm-hmm. just a slight challenge. Mm-hmm. In fact, my daughter was, uh, she... She's actually a senior at Pineview, sort of. She decided to graduate early because school had lost its uh, allure to her. And so she actually graduated, uh, finished all her classes in December, and she moved out of the house, and she's off being an adult now because she's 18. So, yeah. How about you, Laura? Um, I actually have three kiddos. I have a son, Andrew Tridel, and he's also a senior at Dixie High School. With Andrew, Kate. I like his name. Yeah, he's yeah, he's <laughs> awesome. Um, he's he's doing great. He's He just turned 18, though, so now he's an adult. Yeah, so we've uh-huh. got that going. Um, he, he can vote, by the way, in November. I know, and he can buy dry ice. I learned that. <laughs> Wait, you can't buy dry ice if you're not 18? No, you have I to be 18. Know I know. You learn something <laughs> new every day. Yeah. Um, I have a daughter, Lily, and she's 15, and she's a ninth grader at Dixie Middle. And I have a daughter, Ruby, who is 10, and she's a fifth grader at Bloomington Elementary. Well, I like the choice of names. Andrew, mm-hmm. Lily, and Ruby. Yep. Very nice. Awesome. Well, thanks, Laura, for uh, that information. Uh, husbands? Sure. Yeah, I'm married. My husband, Brian, uh, and I have been married for 22 years. Congratulations. Thank awesome. You. How about you, Tiffany? Yes, my husband, Les, and we've been married for 24 years. So just a little bit. We seem to have a lot going on, Laura and yeah. I. We're similar in many yeah. <laughs> ways. Yeah. I just realized I'm uh, quite a bit older than you guys. I've been married for 33 years. Wow. So, Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, my wife, Shelly's an, an angel. Uh, I got to spend a week in your fine establishment, not in the women's part, but uh, in the hospital, uh, in the early part of December, I had uh, I had cellulitis, which led to sepsis. Oh, wow. And in fact, uh, uh, they, my wife made me go to the emergency room on uh, a Friday night. I think it was December 1st or 2nd or whatever day that was. And the doctors told me if she hadn't done that, I may not have been around Saturday or Sunday. So wow. it's a good thing. She, Like as I said, she's an angel. She's a lifesaver. So... Uh, obviously not in your section of the hospital. Are you guys you guys on, in the new hospital now? Or are you still over on 400 East? Yep, we're over in the new hospital. In the new hospital. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I should have known that. My daughter-in-law was there, of course. Um, all right, talk about now, Lara, Simply Birth and the Simply Birth program. I'm uh, honestly reading it today, uh, this morning. I was like, not really familiar with Simply Birth. Tell us what it is and, and why it is. 
So the Simply Birth program began in 2015, and it was intended to be a program looking for moms who are looking for that low-risk, low-intervention experience, so kind Mm -hmm. of what Tiffany was talking about and what you were talking about earlier, that movement for that natural childbirth. So um, our idea is that we create a space in the hospital that's close to a home-like environment, but we also have that safety net of medical help if needed. Okay. So it's a program within the hospital. It's not separate. It's right there housed on labor and delivery. And it is um, a, an excellent opportunity for moms who are seeking that. So we're talking no epidural? Correct. At all? At all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. I, um, um, I had it recently, last year I had a kidney stone. Uh, I have a friend who has had children, and she tells me that the kidney stone was as painful or more painful than giving, having a child. And I was like, well, why would anybody choose then to do this on purpose? So maybe you can explain to me, why, why do women choose to go natural? I can explain that. Um, I actually chose to do that with three of my babies. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was actually afraid of the IV that I needed to have to oh. get the epidural. That <laughs> did drive a lot of the experience for me. Okay, well, that makes sense. Which is a little bit funny. But what I realized through that is that with the right preparation and a lot of support, it actually was the most empowering experience I've ever had in really? my life. Absolutely. Really? I feel like if every woman could feel like I did after I had my babies what a world this would be to be empowered that way. Now, what, what makes you, what, what do you mean by that? What makes you, what made you feel that way? Just the, the fact that you, you did it or? Well, I feel like in my experience, um, that support is everything. And what I've learned through the years is that any woman can have that feeling of empowerment as long as they have that support mm-hmm. throughout their experience. So you don't have to have an unmedicated birth to experience that feeling. Right. But for me, it made me feel like superwoman. We work really hard to educate and empower our families and empower our moms so they're involved with the, the choices and informed consent throughout the whole process. So no matter what way their birth goes, at the end, they feel like, ah, yes, I was involved. This was my experience. So that's what we work at really hard at St. George Regional. So do you work with like the different medical providers, doctors, different doctors, mm-hmm. so that they, if a woman comes in and says, he says, yes, you're pregnant, and she says, well, I want to have natural childbirth, is, is that when the doctor would then refer them to the Simply Birth program, or how does that work? Um, it happens in all kinds of ways. Sometimes people find us, um, people, are, you know, before they're even pregnant. I'm thinking about having a baby. I found your program. Sometimes they're toward the end of their pregnancy. Sometimes their provider suggests it. Sometimes they find us through childbirth classes. It happens a lot of ways, but um, it's it's out there. The information's out there. Okay. Uh, well, you knew it was coming. How has COVID impact, impacted the Simply Birth program? So I feel like the biggest impact has actually been on our education piece. Hmm. So our education piece and our Simply Birth program are very closely related. We have an application process, and then we have required education based on your personal birth experience. So our education piece used to be live. We used to have live childbirth classes at the hospital, which were fantastic. Mm -hmm. But we've moved to virtual classes, and we've been doing that for about two years now. At first, it was a challenge. It was completely different. But we found over this last couple of years, we've gotten really good at it. We're doing it across all of Intermountain. We've developed all these classes that are specific for virtual, and families love them. So they can come home, they sit on their couch, they relax, and then they learn. So they can, you know, practice uh, their breathing techniques, their relaxation, whatever position things in the comfort of their home. And I think especially for dads who might feel a little bit nervous about mm-hmm. all of this, feel so much more comfortable. 
just doing that stuff at home and then having those conversations and the privacy of, of their space. Well, one thing I learned about pregnancy, especially late, late, later on in the pregnancy, is uh, a lot of the things that we don't talk about in everyday social life, you, you talk about them when, you know, in the late, late term pregnancy. That's just the way, that, you know, bodily fluids, whatever it might be. All the things. You talk about it all. That's just, that's just the way it is. And, uh, and then when, after the baby's been uh, around a while, then you stop talking about that stuff and, and you don't talk about it again until you have another baby or something. All right. So you mentioned late term. What if I, okay, uh, my, not me, obviously, but may, say my daughter uh, is pregnant and she decides uh, at eight months and four and a half weeks or whatever it is at 39 and a half weeks. You know, I think I'd like to have my natural. She hasn't taken any classes. She doesn't hasn't applied for anything. Is she still eligible for the Simply Birth program or is it too late at that point? Um, I would say if she's never if she's never had an unmedicated birth or never had a birth at all, likely she's not. But that doesn't mean that we can't help support her, mm-hmm. talk with her. Um, I spend a lot of time talking with people, helping them do birth planning, getting them information because we have all of this virtual information and online stuff. I can get things to people that will help them prepare as much as possible. Uh, ideally, if folks are applying by about 28 weeks gestation or even before that, that's ideal, especially for first-time moms. Yeah. My, I can tell you this. I have a, uh, I have two daughters. My 20-year-old daughter is uh, maybe like you, maybe worse than you. She hates needles, absolutely hates needles, uh, to the point that she has not been vaccinated for COVID, not because she has some political feelings about it, but she hates needles. She doesn't want to get stabbed. Well, she just got a mission called a chili. And as you guys probably know, when you go to a foreign country, Guess what? You got to get a lot of shots a lot of to get ready to go. Mm-hmm. So she's uh, got got to face that before she can before she can go on her mission. So that's that's going to be interesting. And I think it will probably affect her when she comes when it comes time to have a baby. She's going to be like, "Well, do I take the little pain, the stab in the arm or the back, or do I take the big pain that's going to be my whole reproductive system or baby birth canal pain or uh, it's it's going to be interesting, and, and those are bridges I guess we'll have to cross when we get to them. Absolutely. But uh, okay, what's the setting like over there at Simply Birth? You talked about it more like a trying to make it like a home like environment. What does that mean? So um, if you've had an opportunity to be over the new hospital, of course, all of the rooms are beautiful. We Mm -hmm. have beautiful space, light, artwork. They're all gorgeous. What's a little bit different about our two Simply Birth suites is that space is even a little bit bigger. It really is like an suite. Let me interrupt you for one second. I was in the hospital for a week. Honestly, I have no idea if there was anything on the wall in my room because I was in the hospital. I, I know my wife knew all that stuff, you know, but not me, man. I was like, I was flat on my back. I was like, I don't know, I don't whatever, you know. But, but anyway, back to your setting. Okay, go go ahead, Laura. That's great. I, well, I'm glad you're better because it sounds like it was not a fun experience. It was not, no. Um, so the setting's beautiful. Those rooms are even a little bit bigger. We have two different suites. One of them has a queen size bed in it that goes up and down. The whole bed goes in the, the hands or the head and feet. And the other room has a traditional labor bed in it, which also has a whole bunch of bells and whistles. That's just because some mamas want that queen size bed. Some mamas want that labor bed. So we have that choice. Mm -hmm. The other nice thing about our hospital now is that we have four rooms that have a beautiful hydrotherapy tub. So that's a really nice deep tub that moms can safely get in and out, out of when they're in labor and use that for labor pain. It is nature's epidural, I'm telling you. Really? Absolutely. Getting in the bath. Getting in the tub. Unbelievable pain Hmm. relief. Does it have like a door on it and stuff? Kind of, yeah. So it it really, so mom can get in it and she can be in deep, like all the way up to her shoulders in the Mm -hmm. water. 
So that's phenomenal. We can let the water out very swiftly so we can drop the water and then take the side out and then mom can step over. So it's really safe for her to get in and out of close to the bed. What's the old saying, though? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Correct. Right? We don't, don't do that. Don't want to do that at all. Okay. So, so you try, I mean, the goal, obviously, is to try to make mom, the mom-to-be, maybe, uh, comfortable. Try to Absolutely. make it so that she feels like this is a safe uh, uh, place where I can do what needs to be done to get this child into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, are there other things that you guys do besides the, the setting? Um, absolutely. So, I mean, we have the setting, of course, Tiffany mentioned our nurses are phenomenal. They're super knowledgeable, hands-on support, a lot of that. Our education with our, our, our dads is, is also a great way to help the family get prepared. Another thing I'm a big fan of is I encourage people to hire a doula, if, that, if at all possible. A doula, I don't know what that a means. A doula, so it, that's spelled D-O-U-L-A, and those are folks that are professional labor support people. So they um, hmm. go through education and training and get certified, um, and then th- that is their job to come in and support moms in labor. D O U L A is that an acronym that stands for something? It does not. It, no. it basically means um, like with women or supporting women. Hmm. Doula. I learned something today. Uh, well, I learned a lot today already, but uh, I learned uh, that there's a such thing as a doula. Is that are they generally women or men or generally women? Yeah. Yep. And, and their their whole job, their whole training is to help women have babies. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. All right. We're talking with Laura and Tiffany from the hospital, uh, talking about newborn babies today and moms and dads and all that stuff. We've got one more commercial break. we got to get in, you guys. So if you'll hang in there with us a little bit longer. It's 9.50 on KDXU. Thanks to Joe Shoney. He's a loan consultant with New American Funding, and he's been a supporter of this show and actually all our morning shows here at Cherry Creek Radio. Uh, Joe Shoney uh, says, you know what? Review me online. I want to hear what you have to say. And his reviews have been phenomenal. If you go to the New American Funding site, all the reviews there average 4.9 out of 5 stars. If you go to Google, uh, he's got a perfect score, 5.0 out of 5.0 stars. That's that's really pretty pretty darn amazing. Uh, Joe Shoney would like to help you with your loan. He'll be there all the way for you. His phone number is 435-319-8214, 319 Joe Shoney is NMLS 121041. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Andy Griffin with you live. The Andy Griffin Show here every morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Thanks again to our experts in today, Tiffany Hansen and Laura Tridel. Thank you, ladies, for coming and being on the program. It's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, Laura, one thing we didn't finish up with, and I called you Laura, and I told um, I told you before the show started, my sister has the same name as you, but she hates Laura. She likes Laura. So I, I told myself, I'm not going to call you Laura, but I called you Laura. Laura? I know you don't really care. I right? actually go by, I guess I go by Laura. I actually grew up in Detroit, so okay. we say Laura in Laura. Detroit. It's yeah. Laura, okay. That's what we do. Well, Laura, uh, tell us how, uh, if we want to find out more about the Simply Birth program, what do we need to do? So a um, few ways to get a hold of me. You can shoot me an email at sgrhbirth at org. So it's sgrhbirth okay. at org. My phone number is 435-251-4373. And if it's easier to remember, you can just Google search St. George Simply Birth and our Perfect. webpage will pop up. So all of those things work. 
That, that sounds like the easiest one to me. Just just Google Simply Birth St. George. St. George Simply Birth, yeah. Perfect. I think we can all do that one. I, I think that one's doable. Um, all right. So let's talk a, a little bit about, um, and we, we, we bring the moms and dads in, uh, and, and we get them to, to deliver. Uh, they have the baby. One of the things that amazed me, especially with my first child, was, uh, the next day comes and they get you a wheelchair and they get you out to your car and then you go home and your life is not the same as it was before. What do you guys do? And we'll talk with Laura, but Tiffany to, uh, to prepare parents to be parents, because that was the most shocking thing for me was, Oh, by the way, you're a parent now. Good luck with that. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully you guys will help out in, in getting, uh, getting us ready. Absolutely. And again, I can't emphasize enough preparation and education mm-hmm. all day long. So um, in our, we have a couple different classes, but our six-week childbirth preparation series, we start let, late pregnancy, go through that labor and birth experience, including coping with medication and without medication, new mom care, new baby care, breastfeeding. So we cover everything prenatally. Once you come into the hospital, of course, our nurses are phenomenal educators as well. So whether you've taken classes or not, they're going to reiterate all of that information and Mm -hmm. teach as you go. So they're really great. We continue to be available. One thing I wanted to put a little plug in is we do have an outpatient lactation clinic. So if moms go home and they're struggling with breastfeeding, they can certainly come back in and have a one-on-one meeting with the IBCLC, which is an uh, international board-certified lactation consultant. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Tiffany, any thoughts on getting parents ready to be parents uh, uh, as far as what the hospital can do? No, and I, I think Laura really did answer all the questions um, and really did a great job talking about our childbirth education courses. However, we realize that not, not all parents or all families um, have the ability to do these prenatal education classes. So we really do focus, um, a lot of our mom-baby staff members are focused on making sure that the moms and their partners or the fathers are ready to take care of this baby and take care of the mom when she goes home too, right? Mother still has some recovery time that she needs to get through. So we provide education. Um, we provide, you know, demonstrations. We provide um, handbooks to take home. Plus, there's all kinds of information that you can get online as well, too, so that you can take care of the mom when she gets home and the baby mm-hmm. and the dad. And don't forget, you still do have access to your health care providers, your, you know, the obstetrician, the pediatrician, your family medicine provider. You have a whole team of health care providers that are still there to take care of you and help you after you go home so that you're successful. You know, one of the things that, uh, I always I think about it. Maybe I'm weird because I think about this, but you guys just get a little teeny glimpse into people's lives, just a little teeny slice a day or two, sometimes more, I guess, if there's serious uh, complications. But is it frustrating sometimes to be there at the beginning, the inception of life and not really get any more information beyond that? You ever get to the point like, I want to know more about these, this kid or these people or whatever? Well, I have to say one of the best things about the Simply Birth program is that we do really connect with folks. Mm. And I get so many baby pictures and toddler pictures and people reach back. We have people coming back having their third babies in Simply Birth now. Oh, cool. So I do get to, you know, revisit with families and we get a lot of feedback. So we do get pretty close. And it really is such a small community here that we oftentimes run into the parents or the kids, right, in the community just mm-hmm. in their settings. And so we get the pleasure of interacting with them outside when the kid's 10 years old. It's like, hey, you helped deliver him and he's 10. It's like, <laughs> oh, yes, how amazing. You're so getting old. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I well, I've I've done sports on the radio for years, and I'm doing now kids of kids that game in high school of games I did, and it's like, yeah, I remember your dad; he was pretty good. And of course, a kid is like, is he as good as he says he was? And usually, no. But exactly. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's I, I guess you try as best you can to get updates on him. But the, I guess every job is that way. You get a, whether you're putting a roof on someone's house or talking to someone on the radio, you get this little teeny slice of their life, and then it's gone. And and you just kind of and wish them the best. But uh, we've run out of time, you guys. Uh, I know. I told you it would go really fast, right? Yeah. It has. It's very speedy. <laughs> Laura and Tiffany, thank you so much again for coming on today. I think uh, that we've learned a lot today. I feel comfortable now. I already did feel comfortable, but I feel more comfortable now knowing that if we, I need to have a grandchild at Dixie Regional, or excuse me, St. George Regional Hospital, I know that they'll be in good hands. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, we've uh, run out of time on the Andy Griffin Show. Again, a whole uh, list of really cool guests coming in this week. And I invite you to join me every morning, 9 a.m. on the Andy Griffin Show.